0: Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood, with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes
1: and I think when when we say appreciate your body people are like oh okay but it's like actually no stop and think about like what your body does for you in terms of being able to experience your senses, like that you can smell mm. stuff and, and hear stuff and hear your baby giggling and all that sort of stuff. And then mm. think about what your body does for you in terms of like all of the functions that are happening right now that you're not even aware of. And then mm. think of the way that, you know, think by thinking about it a little bit deeper, more than just appearance um, and thinking mm. about it in terms of, you know, the way that your body lets you interact with others and cuddle and provide nurturing to your children and, you know, it just takes on a bigger meaning than,
0: mm.
1: you know, how, what the role on your stomach looks
0: like. Welcome back, ladies. Episode thirty-one. This is part two of our chat with Dr. Zali Yeager. So, if you haven't already, go back and have a listen to episode thirty. We're focusing on in that episode more on uh, the relationship with our bodies in pregnancy and what the research says about how women tend to feel in pregnancy, and then particularly into postpartum, that really tricky transition period uh, into motherhood. And you know, there is a lot of research to suggest that this is a, a really intense period of body. Dissatisfaction and the work that Dr. Zali is doing is just really, really positive and giving us some little sort of uh, tips and tactics that are proven to work to help us re-establish that really great, I guess, connection and also appreciation for our postpartum bodies. So definitely, really worth a listen and really, really linked to today's episode as well, where we're focusing more on you know how to build positive body image in our children, and you know there are a lot of different factors, but As you'll find out today through Dr. Sally, how, you know... It's spoken about in the home and the sort of language and the relationship that we have with our bodies definitely has, you know, a big impact on how our children tend to view themselves and their own body image. So just such a really important, uh, I guess, concept to grasp. And, you know, probably seems like a little bit left of centre, given that we focus mainly on pregnancy and the early postpartum period in this podcast. But I really feel that uh, given the information that Zali is disseminating around, you know, just how early children start to form their ideas, and you know that the earlier we understand and sort of start to implement uh you know these positive behaviors ourselves then the better outcomes our children are going to have in terms of relationships with their bodies but yeah I'll let Dr Zali fill you in on the latest research and you know what sort of things we can do to really foster positive body image in our children so without further ado here's Dr Zali. So hi Zali thanks so much for joining us on the show. Yeah it's great to be here. Thank you. A few technical issues, but um, <laughs> it's the nature of uh, everything being done remotely at the moment. Right. <laughs> Obviously, you've done um, some amazing work over the years in the area of body confidence and esteem, and you're one of the founders of Body Confident Mums, along with Drs. Hart and Fritchard. Can you tell us a little bit more about the why behind starting up Body Confident Mums and the work that you've done research-wise within these spaces, particularly around sort of pregnancy and postpartum? Yeah, sure.
1: Well, we were all body image researchers and most of like Laura Hart was doing work with children and I was doing a lot of work trying to figure out what body image programs we could develop for adolescents. And then one day we went to a conference and we were sitting there and we were we just all become mums. We, we have seven children between us and we just all become mums and then we were like, what about us? Like, what, what sort of resources are there for adult women? And we looked through the literature, we couldn't really find anything. And so, you know, as researchers, we love to fill gaps where there's not been any work done before. We're driven by um, the desire to get some evidence-based resources out that can help mums that are just freely available and that everyone could use um, mm-hmm. because this is such an intense time, such a massive transition um, identity-wise, and body wise you know it's the the extent of the changes that our bodies go through are really similar to that that happens in puberty but in motherhood people are expected to sort of return to their regular life and their regular body uh, afterwards whereas you know we let teenagers grow and change and develop o- over the the course of their transition. So started Body Confident Moms. We've done a lot of sort of initial research, just finishing up a paper actually that looks at, you know, the difference in body image and um, dieting behaviour between women who have kids and and women who don't have children, just Mm -hmm. to really see what is going to drive some of the the interventions that we're developing. But we've Mm -hmm. also been looking at what are some of the programs that we can use that are effective in this area and adapting those for mothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so most of the research shows us that during pregnancy, actually women, have an improvement in their body image. And I think it's because like the stomach is such a problem area or such a trigger zone for many people. But mm. when that's full of a beautiful bump and a baby, women tend to feel quite satisfied and and they're sort mm. of temporarily excused from a lot of the societal ideals around the ideal way to look. And so we tend to find that most women have this improvement over the third trimester of their pregnancy, but then soon after birth, all of those pressures to, you know, in inverted commas, get your pre-baby body back, mm. sort of tend to start ramping Out pretty much after the six-week checkup. That's when the main kind of body dissatisfaction starts to be reported. And then that peaks around six to nine months postpartum. And we think that that's because, you know, women kind of expected their body to return to some sort of normal at that point and then when it doesn't that's when we start to get that dissatisfaction and and women have less time to commit to sort of self-care and even physical activity and nourishing their body and so we tend to see women getting into sort of dieting behavior at that point which is just not helpful and not no. a great idea <laughs>
0: Mm, yeah, it's so tough, isn't it? I mean, you've just got so many things to juggle and then there's all this pressure that, you know, whether it's self-imposed, but it's definitely a cultural kind of a pressure, I think, in, especially in the Western world. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we all just need to learn to be a little bit kinder on ourselves. So you've sort of, you know, highlighted that women tend to feel pretty positive about their bodies by and large in pregnancy. I guess that's sort of first and second trimester, Do you, do you sort of know of them finding more of a sort of struggle to adapt to the changes? You know, I guess like when there's an obvious this baby bump I think mm. it makes sense that you'd feel good about it but I think there's this period in that first and maybe you know early second trimester for a lot of women where you just sort of look maybe like you put on a bit of weight but you don't look pregnant yet I don't know if you found that there's sort of more dissatisfaction around that or, or women having more trouble in that in that time yeah I mean that is um, that does sort of come out a little bit but the
1: thing um, that we also find so much of body dissatisfaction is driven by like a dissatisfaction with the appearance without considering the functionality of your body. Mm. And what we see is that women who are pregnant suddenly their body has meaning. Like, mm. you know, yes, like your stomach might be a little bigger, but like it's all excused and absolved by the fact that there is, you know, life growing and. It's how it so it should be. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly. So I think for a lot of women then, they're happy to just kind of honour that small season and mm. know that it's kind of it's a relatively short period of time before they're going to get that obvious bump and everything. and I, mm. I just wish that we could transfer that same sort of relief of pressure
0: into postpartum yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so do you have any tips for women that might be feeling you know like body satisfaction in pregnancy for those that sort of maybe fall outside that norm that seems to be those that have improved yeah
1: i mean there's not been a lot of research done with that group but i think the things that we would recommend would be mindful movement physical activity is really helpful for body image it's not because people go oh yeah well that's because you know you exercise and then your body changes but it's not it's it's because Mm. of the achievement and the the feelings of satisfaction and functionality and all of those sorts of things so Mm. uh, we'd recommend that people keep moving and then you know the the mental health benefits there do kind of lend some body positive thoughts but also just some self-compassion self-compassion is like my solution to everything at the moment because we're finding that when people do some self compassion work they tend to have improved mental health they have improved body image they have improved so many things so I think uh, yeah I definitely. And does that come
0: out of some of the research that you guys have done some self-compassion interventions yeah kind of it's
1: mostly Kristen Neff's works she's like the guru of self-compassion and she has some recordings that she has on her website you can get to them I've sort of linked them through our website just so that okay. people can access them. But the, mm. they're basically three recordings and when they had women listen to them, these three recordings each week for three weeks, they had improved mental health and body image. So mm, amazing! Yeah, it's it's kind of relatively easy. It's, I'm, I'm all for the easy options. It's like you mm. can listen to this while you're hanging out the washing or while you're just like having a rest or driving the car or something.
0: Amazing. I mean we do need to make it easily digestible and practical for, like- for busy mums. So that's <laughs> That sounds amazing. I'll make sure that we put the direct link um, yeah. in the show notes for that too. And so what about, you know, obviously you've identified that that postpartum period, um, particularly around the six to nine months, tends to be really problematic in terms of mums, I guess, how they're feeling about their bodies. What are some tips for helping women to sort of, I guess, have that overlay of like the, you know, if functionality is something that they can appreciate in pregnancy, like how can we then overlay that into postpartum and what sort of other tips might you have about, you know, getting mums to respect and embrace their postpartum bodies? Maybe it's self-compassion again, but.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the appreciation of functionality is big. And one of the programs that we're trialing is actually a sort of a journaling or a, a writing task where we ask women to write about their appreciation of their body in in a few different ways and I think when when we say appreciate your body people are like oh okay but it's like actually no stop and think about like what your body does for you in terms of being able to experience your senses, like that you can smell Mm. stuff and and hear stuff and hear your baby giggling and all that sort of stuff. And then think Mm. about what your body does for you in terms of like all of the functions that are happening right now that you're not even aware of. And then Mm. think of the way that, you know, think by thinking about it a little bit deeper, more than just appearance um, and thinking Mm. about it in terms of, you know, the way that your body lets you interact with others and cuddle and provide nurturing to your children and it just takes on a bigger meaning than mm. you know, how what the role on your
0: stomach looks like. Like it it just kind of gives some perspective. It's pretty funny, isn't it? Because I think quite often we're our hardest critics as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know, our partners probably, I'm sure, don't see our bodies in the same ways that we might, and our kids certainly don't. They <laughs> you know, so it's it's interesting that we're so self critical and I guess comparing ourselves often to other women can be I think problematic too but is that something that you have found helping women to sort of stave away from sort of comparison and things like that as well? Yeah. So that's a a sort of general recommendation
1: across everyone. And we sort of start teaching that to kids when they turn like nine and then Mm. we never stop because it's it's something But the problem is comparison is a, a regular, like it's an automated psychological process. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to stop yourself from comparing. What you can control and stop is the how bad you feel because of the comparison that you've made.
0: Mm. And, you know, I'm sure comparison is probably heightened in our current day and age with, you know, mm. <laughs> social media. And, you know, I, I recently learned that like even videos are like photoshopped in yeah. terms of like the shape and the look of women's bodies or, you know, bodies in yeah. general and, oh, the work that you're doing is obviously just so bloody important. <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, I mean, just on that, I think we compare
1: to other other women but you also we kind of compare to ourselves. Like we go, mm. oh, oh, I'm different to what I was five years ago and if you just think about your partner's perspective, it's like, well, when they, you know said yes to whatever they said yes to expected you to grow and change just as you expect them to grow and change over time. But we Mm -hmm. seem to like not allow that of ourselves. Like we sort of seem to, and, and the research, you know, there was this one study that in postpartum women, their desired weight was five kilos below their, um, before pregnancy weight. Mm. So it wasn't even like five kilos less than what they are now. It was like five kilos less than what they were before they even started having kids. And I just find that ridiculous. It just illustrates how unrealistic our expectations of ourselves are.
0: Yeah. And that underlying just sense of dissatisfaction in in general then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if it exists then, it probably would have existed back (laughs) in time as well. So, all right. And so you've obviously got some such amazing resources available on the Body Confident Mums website and obviously through your socials. What sort of specific resources can you, I guess, refer women across to and any other research that you're doing that you wanted to sort of mention?
1: Yeah. So at the moment, we're trying to get the Program. I mean, it's the researcher's life. We're always trying to get funding for a project, but we're trying to get funding to do a, a, a randomized controlled trial of the program that involves that self compassion and the appreciation of functionality. So we mm. did a pilot, you know, Body Confident Mums Challenge last year, and sort of yes. showed that it was possible. And now we're sort of trying to get the funding to evaluate the program. And you know, COVID has kind of interrupted a few things, <laughs> funding and <research laughs> life mm. <laughs> um, and, and wise. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is one thing we're hoping to do, but if you follow on our socials, you'll be able to, I mean, we would put anything up there when it's, we're going to put our resources up there when they're ready and we will recruit for that study through our socials as well. And we also just put up a lot of content. That's where I play in trying to put up and, and tr- kind of communicate some of the new research that's coming out and turn that into something that you
0: can, you know, easily access via Insta. So it's, mm, you do have fun. some great, just like infographics and things on there as well. Like I know there was one you recently posted about it was like a timeline of women's body dissatisfaction throughout their life period, and it mm. obviously peaks like midlife and then gets better as we get older, which is interesting. I just found that quite interesting. As we get yeah. more old and haggard, we
1: care less. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a sad story, really. But like I put it up there just because you know people often think that body image is only an issue for adolescents, but it it mm-hmm. really like the research shows that it doesn't get any better Until we are Mm. literally 65. There's no attention, there's no awareness about body dissatisfaction throughout your adult. Womanhood. So there's a lot more work to do in the area.
0: Mm. And so it's self compassion, it's appreciating your body for its functionality and things that you might not sort of immediately think of, like the senses and the, the things that you can do. And was there anything else that you can sort of suggest for women in that sort of postpartum period? Yeah. I mean, most women say,
1: Oh, you know, I'm not going to buy any new clothes because I really you know i'm i'm not going to stay this way or something and uh, my new recommendation go for the credit card because just buy the new clothes you know like, mm. like
0: feel good as you are now that's it feel
1: comfortable feel good as you are now buy the clothes because it's like it's a season and mm. you know for and a taking year, away that
0: expectation of needing to then like fit back into the
1: old in a certain time right. because mm-hmm. so many women um you know in our research we found they struggle to get dressed in the morning because it's like well mm. there's that whole identity thing of like who am I what am I going to wear <laughs> like I'm not going to wear my corporate gear anymore mm. but then also just like You need to have things that fit you, yeah. Yeah,
0: not fitting into your old stuff and not wanting to, like, you know, necessarily wear maternity stuff anymore. It's so tricky. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. No, Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'll make sure all of the links are in the show notes to your socials, your website. Women can sort of get involved with projects that you've got going on, which will help you and help them and help the greater good. That's right. (laughs) Amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Zali. Thank you. (laughs) So definitely an eye opening episode in terms of, you know, how early children form what they think and how they feel about their bodies and other people's bodies. And yeah, just, I just find it so fascinating having been someone who has, as a teenager, had a very sort of severe eating disorder and, you know, very lucky to come through that healthy and happy at the other end, but after a very, very long journey, 10, 10 plus years. So, you know, it, I find it so, so fascinating. And And definitely, you know, I'm a mum of boys, but I feel like it's so important, regardless of whether, you know, you're parenting boys or girls, that we understand the drivers around, you know, how our children's thoughts and feelings about themselves and others are formed. And yeah, I'm just really grateful for the work that Body Confident Mums and Body Confident Collective are doing. And they've got some great resources, as Zali has mentioned. I'll make sure that those links are available on the website. And, you know, it's all about having sort of of practical small things that we can implement that make uh, make a difference to ourselves and to our families. So yeah, such a pleasure chatting to Zali and hopefully we'll have her back on the podcast uh, soon. So as always, if you are loving what you're listening to, please give us a shout out by screenshotting and tagging at LennyRoseActive and we love your feedback and requests on content. So please make sure that you're reaching out uh, either via the website, filling out our contact form on the LennyRoseActive.com.au. A U you site or reaching out via instagram at lenny rose active so i can't wait to chat to you and uh yeah show you what's coming up soon have a great week ladies bye this episode is brought to you by lenny rose active australian owned three times mum and physiotherapist designed luxe active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey you can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on instagram at lenny rose active